This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome into another edition of SEC Nightcap. Got my old fashioned here after watching the games here on Saturday. Late as hell. Thanks to Ole Miss and this two-hour rain delay we had here. But I'm actually recording this while Ole Miss is whooping the hell out of Tulane. Didn't want to stay up till 3 a.m. putting this show together. But I'm back for a recap. My SEC power rankings just put them out. Feedback is coming flying in as per usual. This is the second time doing this a video edition here. And also somewhat of an emergency podcast if you're just listening. If you're just listening, you're missing out on the YouTube. But, hey, I updated my power rankings, so let's just get right into it. After I take a sip of my old-fashioned, of course. All right, so starting at the bottom, like usual. Number 14. Vanderbilt, no surprise here. Stanford coming into Nashville. I thought it would be a big Stanford win, and it was. But, hey, there's uh, there was things to like here about Vanderbilt. I mean, clearly... David Shaw's got uh, such a head start on Clark Lee on building up his program. Similar models. They want to be tough. They want to run the ball. Physicality. Former fullback there at Vanderbilt. That's what he's trying to bring to Nashville. And we saw bits and pieces of it. I mean, the the score is 14-14 at one point. Vanderbilt even stuffed Stanford on a goal line there at the end of the first half. Some miscues right before half really set them back. Stanford ended up scoring, I believe it was 17 points right at the tail end of the first half and immediately into the second half. That was uh, all she wrote, and Stanford controlled the game in the second half. But, you know, that was to be expected. Still got Vanderbilt last in the power rankings, but signs of life the last couple of weeks. Good things coming for the Commodores. Number 13, remain at 13, South Carolina Gamecocks. And we're seeing the rebuild Shane Beamer's got on his hands. I mean, nobody, not even the biggest diehard Gamecock out there, thought that his team was going to win this weekend in Athens, despite the fact that uh, we all had to hear repeatedly that uh, South Carolina won there last year. But, I mean, this was a no contest. And let's credit uh, the Gamecocks for continuing to fight this whole time because Georgia basically had their way with them. I mean, they were hitting the deep ball at any whenever they wanted. There was even a uh, a goal line run where Georgia went up the middle. I don't know if I've ever seen an SEC football game goal line run up the middle 
running back not even touched. Touchdown. That's what happened in this game. Uh, South Carolina, so many issues on offense. The offensive line was god-awful, averaging less than a uh, yard per carry there against uh, the Bulldogs in the first half. They weren't protecting for the quarterbacks. Zeb Nolan had to leave the game. Luke Doty came in, looked, you know, decent. He was throwing the ball out there. He was running around, so that's a sign of progress there. But you're going up against arguably the top team in the nation, and we, we see how far the climb is for South Carolina. So, again, better things ahead for the Gamecocks. Number 12. Number 12, Tennessee. Beat the hell out of, uh, who was it they were playing? Tennessee Tech, 56-0. to Hannon Hooker gets the start, comes in. You know, up and down performance. He had four touchdowns. Again, I continue to think he's the better option over Joe Milton. We'll see if uh, that remains to be the case when they go to Florida next weekend for the SEC opener. But, uh, you know, again, Hendon Hooker is far from perfect here. You're seeing why it's a controversy. He had multiple turnovers, several fumbles, lost a couple. Some of them he even got back. But Tennessee Tech was just no threat for the Vols. Tennessee been searching for some turnovers, finally got it in bunches there against Texas Tech. 56-0, to you'll take that any day, regardless of uh, the opponent you're facing here. But there was just not much to be learned from Tennessee this week, aside from the fact that uh, Hooker came in there, looked solid. Javonta Payton had a big game. So we'll learn a lot more about Tennessee next week when they go to the Swamp. Number 11. Number 11, Mississippi State. This was tough. I know the fans are pissed. They should be. The SEC came out and said, the refs blew it not only once but twice on the uh, now infamous punt return. I mean, it was a wild play when I saw it live. I did not really catch the knee down with the the Bulldog touching the ball with his knee on the ground. Should have been blown dead there. The SEC also has reviewed the film and said, hell, not only that, Memphis had two guys with, I believe it was the number four jersey on the field at the same time during that punt. It doesn't matter what the number is. You cannot have duplicate numbers on the field at the same time. Play should not have counted in multiple ways. Mississippi State got screwed there. But also, you know, they had opportunities in this game. They were up big. It uh, looked like they were dominant. Hell, Cousin Shane shot me a text. Looks like I'm going to be right, 35-7. And this was in the second half he sent me this. Uh, Memphis' first score of the game was the defense. The offense was doing nothing. Mississippi State was shutting them down. Mississippi State was there on the goal line. I believe the score was 17-7. to They went for it on fourth and goal from the one, from the two, something like that. And they did some asinine play, bad snap. It was just all disjointed. And, and basically from that point, it was Memphis kind of ruled this game. Uh, there was several missed two-point conversions by Mississippi State. You know, really shot themselves in their foot. And, it, and starting to, this offense has been a – Work in progress to this point, and it continues to be against Memphis that does not have a good defense. This is a troubling, troubling sign with uh, LSU coming into town next week. So Mississippi State, number 11. Next on the docket. Number 10. Missouri Tigers, number 10. Again, you beat Simu, whatever the hell that is. Beat the pants off of them. Uh, you know, could have been 100-0 if you wanted it to be. Not a ton to learn from that game. But the fact that Kentucky, we'll get to them in a moment, struggled so mightily. Not saying that necessarily hurts Missouri, but uh, doesn't 
takes a little bit of shine off uh, last weekend's contest, if you ask me. All right, number nine. Number nine. LSU. <laughs> Leave it to them Tigers. Shade and I have sold them down onto the river. And what do they do? They come out and just destroy Central Michigan. I mean, this was a laugher. They scored 14 points in the first five minutes of the ball game. I believe it was 35-7 to at one point. This was uh, the coming out party. This is the Max Johnson. We thought we were getting five touchdowns thrown for the LSU quarterback. Kayshawn Butte got one. Uh, some of the freshmen, Jack Cohn, got a terrific touchdown in this game. Corey Kiner got it. I mean, LSU did basically whatever they wanted. They did have a, a big defensive bust. You don't want to see that. We've seen that way too many times here. LSU over the last couple of seasons. But again, it's Central Michigan. Otherwise, I'd bump LSU up a little bit higher. But you went 49-21 to at home. That's a great win. That's what LSU needed before getting into SEC play here. Number eight. Almost had to do an emergency podcast thanks to this team. I got to take a drink before I talk about them. Been hyping up the Kentucky Wildcats like it's nobody's business. They almost lost to UT Chattanooga. This is one of those games on our preview show. We didn't even preview it because there's no point because it's a FCS. You're supposed to beat them by 50. And what happened? Kentucky, I know the score may not indicate it if you didn't watch it, 28-23. There was a 95-yard interception return there in the closing moments of the fourth quarter by Kentucky. Otherwise, UTC may have won this damn game. And this is supposed to be a new era. Uh, for Mark Stoops and company, you just can't have this. I mean, you're trying to compete with Georgia and Florida in the East. You don't see Georgia or Florida struggling with UTC. I mean, give me a break. Will Levis continues to turn the ball over, couldn't get the ground game going. I mean, certainly this looks the case to be just a team that was not ready to play, uninspired, just got the uh, big win. Everybody's patting you on the back, looking ahead to SEC, a trip to South Carolina in the coming week. I get all that, but this is this is just it was disgraceful. I mean, again, you almost lost to UT Chattanooga at home. No excuse for that. Big slide for the Kentucky Wildcats. Now you show back up in SEC play. We'll move you right back up the list. Number seven. Number seven. Moving them up despite losing on the field. The Auburn Tigers go to Penn State. Shane and I both picked Auburn to win outright. Didn't get it done. Some questionable play calling there. What in the hell? Fourth and goal. You were throwing a fade with Bo Nix. We got Mr. Tank Bigsby back there heating up. That made no sense. Mike Bobo may get the bonehead coach decision of the week in the SEC, but you know, this was a hard-fought game on the road. It was obviously an incredible atmosphere if you missed it. Nationally televised, white out. Penn State came to play. So did Auburn. And this was a really back-and-forth contest. I really think, I know the margin here may not suggest it here. Auburn did have the ball late in the game, driving to try to, to, try to tie the game. 28-20 was the final. Auburn could have easily won this game. A couple miscues late in the second half really kind of did the Auburn Tigers in, but you know, this was a case again of a team looking good on the road against a top 10 opponent. Didn't embarrass themselves. Like I kind of feel like Auburn may have in the past. So 
earn some respect. Number seven right there, Auburn Tigers. Number six. Number six, Arkansas. Again, what was the big question coming into this one against Georgia State? Excuse me, Georgia Southern. I keep saying that. The letdown factor after whooping up on Texas. No letdown here. Defense dominated. K.J. Jefferson, a little bit of a slow start, but then he just really piled it on. We got Traylon Burks. Got him going finally at a 91-yard touchdown. Burks had uh, 336 yards passing, I believe, three touchdowns through the air. This is the uh, K.J. Jefferson I thought we were getting. That's the one Arkansas needs going into SEC play. So, again, the competition was not elite. Took care of business after a big, big, big home win. Now you got to do it technically on the road here. In Arlington next week against Texas A&M. Cannot wait for that game. Number five. And speaking of the Aggies, let's get to them. Number five. Again, kind of hovering in this area. Defense dominant. Terry Wilson, remember I said prizepicks.com. One of my favorite selections. 185 passing yards under for Terry Wilson. He had 33. I mean, the defense is lights out here. Zach Calzada found... uh, DeMond Demas, first career catch, 70-yard touchdown. Weapon emerging there for the Aggies. Spiller had a great game. Anaya Smith had a couple of punt returns, amazing returns. One of them didn't count on a questionable call. The other did. was just tremendous. I mean, they're flexing their muscle there against New Mexico. Texas A&M struggling. You know, some people saying struggle a little bit. What was the final here? 34-0. I mean, my God, that's struggling. That tells you where the Aggies are right now. 34-0, beating up on New Mexico, heading into SEC play. Great win for the Aggies. Number four. Number four. Again, a team moving way up the list here despite the loss, Florida Gators. How can you not be impressed with the, the showing they had against Alabama? Alabama world beaters jumped on the Gators early. Alabama marched right down the field, opening possession, scored a touchdown. Florida making mistakes left and right, missing tackles here and there, some busting coverage. I believe the score was 21-3 to at one point. You just assume, well, the stadium's going to be empty in the second half. This is going to be another laugher. It was the complete opposite. Florida dominated the second half, did whatever the hell they wanted to Alabama's defense, Nick Saban's defense. Credit Dan Mullen and company for making those adjustments. Emory Jones, best game of his career to date. But still, Florida, they went to their bread and butter, ran the ball. The missed PAT, that'll haunt them maybe for the rest of the season because had they not, had they made that, you know, they could have uh, kicked the a, the PAT to tie the game late. Instead, they had to go for, for two, didn't get it, didn't love the play call, didn't necessarily hate it either, more the – the execution of the weird delayed handoff there, and then Emory Jones just followed the running back in. Didn't you know? The, like I said, the execution was poor. But if you're running all over Alabama, uh, I don't think you can argue too much with uh, that call of running right back at him. But you come up just short. The swamp showed up in full force. Credit those fans making a difference in this game. And Alabama, you know. I know we all jumped on at the Alabama bandwagon. This is kind of the Alabama I thought we'd be getting here. A little bit more human, a little bit more down to the pack. Again, not saying doom and gloom here for the Crimson Tide. Hell, they're probably still going to be number one in the nation. But 
you know, I think we, we're starting to see some cracks in the armor here a little bit. So uh, Alabama, we'll get to them in just a moment here. But I got Florida Gators, number four. Number three. Number three, Ole Miss. Tricky game here against Tulane. Mm-mm. Not for Matt Corral, Lane Kiffin and company. My God, they put up uh, 40 points in the first half against Tulane. And I know Ole Miss does not have the defense you want to be, uh, you know, a college football SEC champion caliber team, but this offense is just incredible. I don't think that anyone is going to be able to slow them down consistently. Not saying that uh, Ole Miss is going to win every damn game or something and score 80 points, but uh, I think they could put up 40, 50 points on damn near everybody. So you got to be able to outscore them. And now that they have a more opportunistic defense, a little bit more veteran defense, I'm not sure that uh, the vast majority of these teams can keep pace with the Ole Miss Rebels. So I'm still loving me some Ole Miss. Now here, Mike, get a little controversial. Number two. Number two, Alabama Crimson Tide. Again, lucky to survive that. I think a lot of Alabama fans feel like uh, they, you know, they won the game, but it almost feels like a loss here. Uh, Bryce Young, not his greatest performance, although by no means did he cost them the game or anything, but the defense, what are we doing here? Uh, you know, they're just getting shredded by Emory Jones and this Florida rushing attack. Not a great sign. I'm not, uh, particularly thrilled with what we're seeing and Miami just got worked by Michigan state. So again, the resume is not looking too great. And, you know, before you jump on me, go back and watch the Mercer game. I mean, they didn't even look that great against Mercer. Again, I know they probably, they didn't, they lost focus. Uh, clearly different story here against Florida, different story against Miami, but that's a sign of a lack of maturity and experience. I don't think last season's Alabama would have struggled with Mercer. They would have went out and won 60 to zero and we would have never referenced that game again, but it was a little bit of a struggle there against Mercer, particularly in that first half. So I don't know. I don't think this is uh, necessarily a lock to win SEC, a lock to win the national championship like so many do. So, of course, the only team I haven't mentioned, the Georgia Bulldogs. Number one. I mean, they're still not full strength on offense, and they just tore through South Carolina like they weren't even there. And this is a South Carolina team, again, I know there was a massive underdogs, 32-point underdogs, but they were 2-0. They were fighting hard. They've got some SEC players. Josh Van looked outstanding. The defense, I can't say they stood strong, but uh, hell, they they continue to fight here, uh, particularly the front seven of South Carolina's defense, yet it didn't matter. I mean, Georgia's front seven is just incredible. JT Daniels back in the lineup looking pretty good. For some damn reason, Kirby Smart put in Stetson Bennett, give him some reps, comes right in, throws immediate interception, if I see Stetson Bennett on the field again, I may drop Georgia down to number two again. Stick with with your with your damn guy there, Kirby. What the hell are you doing? JT Daniels is your quarterback. Stop all this nonsense. Got to get him, uh, you know, in gear for some of these big games that uh, he's obviously going to be needed. And Stetson Bennett, we know what he can do. He can beat the hell out of UAB. There's no more UAB on the schedule here. It's SEC and Georgia Tech down the way here so uh, stop fooling around with that and I think you'll win the East you'll win the SEC at least that's how I've got it here in my power rankings but that's going to do it hope you guys enjoyed the nightcap drink one with me here and complain in the comments
dancing. My friend stole my sweetheart from me. I remember the night in the Tennessee waltz. Now I know just how much I have lost. Yes, I lost my little darling the night they were playing the beautiful Tennessee waltz. The Yes, there's someone